Hello and welcome to the Divine Rebuilding Podcast if this is your first time tuning in. And welcome back if you have been joining me every week at 6 p.m. on Mondays. Old and new listeners, I appreciate you and I pray that you appreciate what I am doing here on this podcast, okay? I am a certified health and life coach and I specialize in relationship coaching. And on this podcast, I speak about real life situations, real relationship situations, and I give you some tools on how how you can help yourself on a basic level. I also offer boot camps and a self-mastery coaching program for those who like to work with me directly and learn how to create a relationship quality upgrade for themselves. Please make sure you are following me on all social media platforms so you can be sure not to miss when there are boot camps and coaching program invitations. I am at Divine Rebuilding on IG on Facebook and TikTok. So you can definitely follow me on either of those platforms, preferably all. (laughs) Okay, so all right, let's uh, grab your drink, grab your snack, whatever helps you to tune in best. And let's jump into today's discussion. All right, how's everybody doing today? I hope you guys are having an amazing, amazing Monday to start your weeks out. I hope that you guys are inviting so much love in your lives and so much opportunity for reflection. Uh, Today, I am actually going to be talking about um, a video that I saw recently. And I... I don't know. I want to be able to speak my point of view on that video. And it's actually going to help me with today's topic. So today's topic, I'm talking about addressing the trauma that you inflicted, right? And in addressing the trauma that you have inflicted, um, a lot of people think it's something where it's like I've done something very awful to a person to traumatize them. But it's not just that. Uh, Some people actually inflict trauma by making someone else's trauma about them. That's traumatizing, right? Or they traumatize a person additionally by making them feel bad about their trauma. Okay. And I say those two because specifically, because people need to learn how to just be present for other people. They need to learn how not to make things about themselves and just hear another person. There's that individuality again, right? Now, this this video that I saw, this video is, uh, you guys have heard of LaTruth and Brianna, right? Um, or Miss LaTruth is what she used to be called. Um, I don't really watch much of media on people. I don't really watch much on people's lives because I, it's just a lot. I can barely remember family members' birthdays and things like that. So it's like, I, I really just don't have, <laughs> you know, the mental capacity to listen to someone else's life like that. All right. So I've seen bits and pieces of what's going on with LaTruth and Brianna. I don't know if they're actually divorced or getting divorced, if they're having like this clout situation, if it's like really real or not. I don't really know. Um, it seems like it's real because I've seen her cry on some things like this video that I was watching. Um, and I just really, I don't know. I feel like when people have such a big platform, I feel like they just sometimes use it so much for toxic interaction 
because that's what catches people's eyes. People love drama. Um, and we can sometimes get really wrapped up in that to the point where we are, when in that magnitude of a light, showing other people what it's supposed to look like in a sense. I don't want women to see this display of their relationship and feel like they should accept bullshit or they should beat themselves up because someone hurt them or, you know what I mean? I don't want women to take that away from this situation. So I saw this video and I reached out to her because like I said, I am a certified health and life coach as well as relationship coach. And I really just want to make sure that, you know, her children didn't receive trauma from this situation that, you know, they get a chance to express what it is that they went through in the situation because being that she's the dominant parent, the main one in the house, um, you'd think that, you know, you want to make sure they're okay, uh, that they get a chance to express how they feel about things freely without feeling like they have to be guarded in what they say or uh, protecting her emotions um, when her and him, you know, are the ones that have caused this situation for the kids to see. It's not the children's fault, you know, but they leave situations with emotions because they also go through things with us, right? So um, I reached out to her because she was just really in a broken place in this video. Uh, now the clip that I'm going to play, the audio I'm going to play of the clip, it's not including her yet. This is before she got on to the video. It, the video that I'm going to play is actually it's, uh, Mar Marriage or Mirage with Neek and Charmaine Bay. They were having a, they have a podcast called Marriage or Mirage and, or maybe that was the name of an episode. I'm not sure, but, um, they were interviewing LaTruth and they had this trauma coach online as well. So I'm going to play uh, what he's saying and then I'm going to speak about it. Okay. So would you say that in this time in your marriage you were able to in these moments where Brianna was triggered in these moments where maybe she um had memories of maybe being molested or memories of um I think I heard abuse from her baby father would you say you were able to step into her shoes and actually see, I know you're a man, I know she's a woman, I get it, but were you able to feel the level of empathy to where there was an understanding of why she would react the way she would react? Um, I mean, I definitely so was it hard for you at that? Was it hard for you at that moment to, to go there? Kind of, because I, I can't relate to, I've never related to, like, somebody even saying that they was even being abused by someone. Yeah. But, you know, I, always, I still try my best to get it to them say, hey, everything will be all right, you know. Even with the whole rape situation, like, it was a, it was a time when she actually pulled me into that. It was kind of like, you know when you're sleeping with your spouse, you know, in the middle of the night, you get a little frisky or whatever. I got frisky. You are you are definitely from this house, Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, <laughs> I got a little frisky in the middle of the night, and she brought up 
the rape. And it was just like, she was like, yeah, I, I don't like that because it made me think of this. And I'm just like, oh, man. I said, yo, I can't believe you would think that about me. I'm your husband. So that's just, you know, and I fell back, you know. We had a conversation about it the next day. I just kind of told her it made me feel. But I was just like, that's, that's crazy that you would think that about me as your husband. I mean, I know, I understand what happened, so. I ain't let it really get bother me too much about it, but I just felt like a lot of that stuff was, you know, I tried my best. That's all I can say. I really tried my best to cater to those emotions. Okay, so that was the clip, guys. Now, let me just say again, I am speaking from not knowing much about their backgrounds, much about what, what he's talking about he's been through or what she expressed to him just from what I saw in this video. And so I don't want any listeners to feel like I am judging these people because I am not. That is not my intention here. What I'm doing is taking a situation, making a point to help others who may be experiencing that portion of what I saw, okay? So in this video, you guys hear LaTruth uh, expressing about her rape situation. Uh, first of all, for him to even say it like that, it's kind of like a, like a that thing or, you know, like it's it just kind of rubbed me all wrong that rape situation or the rape situation, you know, when people are speaking about someone else's trauma, I feel it deserves a certain level of respect, a certain level of respect to understand that you get that they went through something referring to it as that rape situation. That just, it doesn't really show any type of respect to what she's been through, understanding that she's been through something. Then he continued to speak and he mentions a situation where they were intimate. Well, he wanted to be frisky in the middle of the night and it triggered her trauma. And he makes it about himself. So that's traumatizing. That's what I just said at the beginning, right? A person who takes someone else's trauma and makes it about them. That's crazy to me. Okay. You can't take what someone else has been through and because they have a natural reaction, you forget to completely show up for them and you make it about you. He felt offended that she could look at him in this way. He said out of his mouth, how can you even look at me as your husband as somebody who could even do something like that? She didn't say that you triggered her. At least you didn't say that she said you triggered her to feel like you were the person who did this. She's just saying it brought a memory that, hey, maybe she just needs a freaking moment. Like, maybe not right now because it triggers something. You don't know if she was in an emotional state about this pre, like, previous to you getting frisky. You don't know what she might have been going through, you know? It's a time to maybe figure that out. Not to make her trauma about you. He also went on to brag about how he did his best, how he tried to do his best. And how he did all he could as a husband. He didn't he didn't really show like he felt like he felt the failed the marriage. He just gave off very ugh, you know, he he's not liking being called a narcissist, but it was just so magnified. You feel me? Like it was so magnified. 
that whole interview, the way he responded through everything just screamed narcissist. Even when she's explaining how he drug her across the floor and just kind of like how he handled her. He's like, I didn't abuse you. I didn't do that. I didn't like, he's just denying everything. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. He can't do any wrong. Nothing he does is wrong. Cause he's a narcissist. Duh. Like it just, it blows, it blows my mind. When a person is already hurting, when a person is already at their low, this woman was clearly there. She was clearly at a point. She just wanted to kind of figure out. She said she wanted to just figure out how to be able to co-parent. Honestly, to me, it seemed as though she was really hoping that something would change about what's going on with their marriage. Like, I think in this state, in this moment, they were at a point of looking at divorce or working toward divorce, but they hadn't yet gotten divorced in this video. So, when I say I don't know if they're still married or divorced, it's because I haven't really looked at anything beyond this. This video is from January. So I just, I don't know. I just really feel bad that she has to go through this type of situation so publicly and that someone is making her trauma about them. He took it as an attack on him as a husband. Because she went through something. One time. I experienced. Sitting in front of a shooting. In a drive through It's completely random. And I realized I'd never really heard up close what a gunshot sound like. And there were several shots. And I had to get out of the way by pushing three cars behind me to get from behind me because nobody was moving and I was the one stuck behind the car getting shot up. So I push all the cars back so I can get out of this drive through and I shoot across the street to another gas station on the side of the building just to kind of get out of the way and the car was also driving out that was shooting up these people. They, they drove away and they went into a direction of where I lived, like they were from that area. So it kind of made me even more paranoid. Okay. So I ended up seven days later, moving back to Florida, feeling like, you know what? I hear you, God, you're, you're telling me I don't need to be here right now. I need to be someplace else. I've been having the thought I've been ignoring the thought. And now you have brought danger straight to my face to show me how you will protect me, but I need to listen to you. So I listened and I left. A couple years later, like maybe two years later, I'm in a car with this guy from my past and we're sitting there in the car just talking and we're backed into this parking spot, like the last parking spot where we parked and someone was getting dropped off, I guess, but I didn't know that that's what was happening, but they pulled up in front of my car, this all black car with black tinted windows, it's dark at night. And this car pulls up directly in front of my car and they stop. Now, if it was still passing, I was cool, but the car stopped in front of my car and I couldn't get out. And I hadn't thought about that situation in so long. Like I did not know it was something that was so easily able to be triggered. 
And I started freaking out. I started crying, shaking. I couldn't catch my breath. I just wanted them to move. I was like a second away from ramming their car to get from in front of me. And then someone opened up the door and I freaked out even more. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was so scary. And then even after they pulled away, I was still trying to catch my breath, trying to calm down. He was just like, it's okay. It's all right. What's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? And I could barely communicate for myself. And it was a completely innocent situation. Someone was just getting dropped off at home. It wasn't a situation for him to make about himself. He had to realize like everything was just fine. It's not like we were in a bad space. We were having a good conversation and she just started having this panic attack. And he didn't make it about him. I feel like a lot of men, and I know comparing the two situations, their situation was an intimate bedroom situation. And this was me outside in a car. Not intimate at all. But what I'm trying to express here is a way to have handled that situation. If you're intimate with your spouse or your partner and you have the knowledge that they've been through something sexually. He even mentioned that this has come up several times in their marriage that she's brought up what she's been through several times. And maybe it's because she's trying to help you to understand her. But you're only trying to understand her as much as you can. And you're only allowing yourself to understand her as much as what applies to you. That's something you wouldn't do, so you can't relate. He said that. He cannot relate to someone being hurt. And my thing is, even if you can't relate, sometimes you have to at least know how to listen. Because if someone's expressing this stuff to you so much, they're expressing to you this place of hurt that they've experienced. They're trying to heal because now they're even able to speak about it. No one can tell someone when to heal from something that they experienced that was so traumatic. And a person who's been through it, they don't know when they're going to be triggered to think of what they've been through again. All he needed to do was just be there for her. Give her protective touch. Give her a hug. Hold her, maybe. Reassure her she is safe. She is loved. Reassure her that you are not someone who will ever hurt her like that. You're going to protect your daughters. You know, let her know she's safe. That's so intimate. Safely intimate. But he left that conversation sounding like he made this about himself. He acted like she called him out his name or branded him a rapist. And I just can't believe you would look at me like that. That is insane to me. Totally mismanaged. And I really hope that he realizes or gets him a therapist or coach or somebody that can help him to be better in those moments because not everything is about us when people are reacting. Not everything is about us. And yeah, sometimes people go through things and they have this 
post-traumatic experience where they reacted completely out of character because of something that made them remember and then it was displaced anger. But even in me loving a person or knowing that I can see where that came from, I don't really appreciate like the way that you're taking it out on me. I'm understanding that you're really going through something, so talk to me. This is if someone is actually attacking you. Like yelling at you in a way that... I have to put this into an example because this could have happened this way in their bedroom and that's that's not what I'm expressing. For an example, if I've been sexually abused anally, right, and I'm asleep and my husband grabs my ass, And it startles me and I wake up. And like a fear, like, and then I realize like, okay, it's my husband. Damn, babe, you just made me think about when this thing happened to me. That's one way to respond to it. If I responded directly at you, like, why the fuck are you touching me like that in my sleep? I'm trying to fucking sleep. You sitting up here acting like a fucking rapist. You sitting up here touching on me like 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 you don't see I'm asleep. Why are you touching me without my consent? You are you are like if I'm doing like that. That's displaced anger. Because I know he's not a rapist. I know he's not trying to harm me. That's different. Me having a natural reaction. Saying like, oh baby scared me. I almost had a flashback. Like it it made me remember this or when you do that with like it just woke me up like that it just made me feel like i was this age again and this was happening i'm not expecting you to beat me up because you you startled me i'm expecting you to say oh babe damn i wasn't trying to do that come here you're okay. You safe. Come here. I might expect him to be gentle with me. Let me get my mind right. Let me wake all the way up now because I see like he was in that kind of moment. Maybe I could probably calm down and get in that moment. If I don't, maybe he could just hold me till we fall asleep. I don't know. But it's definitely a better way of handling that. And then to publicly speak about the situation, talking about that rape situation and 
yeah, she made it about me and, and, and she attacked me and, you know, and, and it hurt my feelings and I just, I didn't appreciate that. And, you know, we talked about it and, you know, I, I tried to, you know, move forward and whatnot, but, you know, it just, that just went cool and blah, blah, like, what are you talking about, sir? If you're a person that's ever made someone feel bad about their trauma, you are wrong. You are wrong. I have experienced people with high aggression because they've been violated all their lives, their younger lives. And... I've received a lot of the brunt of displaced anger. Okay. Now, I'm not going to say I've always been a person who could understand where that was coming from. But when I think about the times that I took offense to the way a person understood something I said, I'm pretty sure I've just about always gone back and have corrected that. I'm a very conscious person of how I make people feel. And if it even comes back up into my mind, I always feel like I have to address it, you know? So I would never leave someone with emotions of feeling like I was attacking them or like I was trying to wrong them. And I just really wish that people who have made these types of mistakes with interactions. I really wish that they realize it's normal. We all make mistakes. We all misspeak. We all say fucked up things sometimes. The thing is, how accountable are you in correcting them? We have to correct the things. A way that we have spoken to people or have treated people may have left them with some type of lasting reaction, you know, like it may have changed the way that they live their lives or view things. If our children have witnessed us go through things or they went through things with us or we had to pull them into it or try to remove them before it got explosive and they saw a glimpse or whatever. If your children have gone through anything with you, I promise you they have trauma. I promise you they're going to take something from what that moment was and it's going to naturally pour into how they do things later. I promise you. So you have to be very aware of your metacognitive skills, okay? The three metacognitive skills are... Self-monitoring, self-evaluating, and self-regulation, okay? The metacognitive process or cycle involves three stages to coach you or yourself in order to improve self-awareness and ultimately executing like a better functioning for yourself. Like when you're aware of how you operate, where your thoughts come from, how your behaviors have come to being, like how they came to fruition, like you will realize 
Sometimes it came from when somebody said something to you or a way that someone might have even reacted toward you. When you're monitoring how you're being with people, you go back and evaluate how you were with people. And in the moment you're catching yourself and you're trying to self-regulate and keep from having the same reactions like that that takes a lot of work and I feel like that's something that's very very helpful for people who have experienced trauma you should try to really strengthen your metacognitive skills because it'll help you so much in a relationship it'll help you so much in how you interact with other people because not everybody's going to be able to be calm enough to handle that you've been through something. It's something everybody should work on, but not everybody is there. Not everybody is sensitive enough. Not everybody is empathetic enough. Not everybody has a heart big enough. And so we have to protect ourselves by doing our work for ourselves. There are trauma coaches, there are trauma healers and things like that. There are so many resources to being able to better yourself. And there's no reason why we don't take advantage of that as much as we do a sale, as much as we do a investment in something that totally does not benefit us in any way, you know, or maybe it benefits you in just adding to a look. But what I'm saying is there are so many other ways to better yourself. It's not just your appearance. Okay. So we want to do things that are going to help us be our best selves. In addressing the trauma that you inflicted on someone else. Like your children maybe. Sometimes. I've gotten frustrated with my daughter. I barely ever, ever have to actually spank her because I, I typically speak to her. But I can remember one time when I spanked her, I told her that she um, she shouldn't say anything to anyone because I kind of got really upset during that one. And I felt bad because... She was just screaming and screaming when I was spanking her and I lost my temper and I, I like, I smacked her. And I felt extremely horrible about that. But I realized I lost my patience. And I had so much anger probably built up from all the things she was already doing. I just really lost my patience. And one thing I don't want to do is whoop my child like my mother used to whoop us. Because we didn't get whoopings. We got beatings. We were abused. <laughs> and I don't want to do the same thing with my daughter. I try my best not to inflict the trauma I've been through on my daughter by being better. And after that whooping, like, I cried. And I apologized to her because she didn't deserve that level of anger. And I didn't want her to grow up feeling like someone is supposed to hit her in her face, 
or someone's supposed to be able to harm her and apologize. I would hate for my little girl to be a woman who's letting someone beat on her and say sorry. I just, I could not handle that. But I have to realize, like, the things you say when you're disciplining your child, when you're upset with your child, the ways you act toward them, you know, like, it's certain things we just probably should not do as parents because we are possibly inflicting trauma on our children. Like, if you purposely ignore your child or you try to make them feel bad about something, like, in your process of doing that, you're probably making them feel like they have to wonder if you actually do love them when you get upset. And I want my child to know I always love her. So I communicate with her instead. I don't play the mind games with her. We have to stop playing mind games with people and think that they are supposed to have common sense. Children matter. Their hearts matter. Their minds matter. The way they think and grow up, it matters. And you have to be conscious of what you're probably inflicting in their lives by how you handle certain situations. Be intentional in how you handle people. In relationships. I think I've inflicted some trauma in some relationships, you know, like my marriage. My husband calls it doing the Shayla. Like, I'll do something wrong, and I'll explain why I did it, and I guess my disposition is kind of like, get over it. And he calls that doing the Shayla. Now, while that's not my intention, because I just find it as me being honest, because I don't want someone to be completely honest with me, even if it's something that is going to hurt me, like, tell me the truth, and let's figure this out. I've just not really been on the other end of having to be told something and figuring it out that much. And it's like the moment I feel play with even a little bit, sometimes I've had the tendency of reacting in a way that I have to tell on myself. I'm just like this, <laughs> this excruciatingly painful, honest person. That's something that I will speak more about in my next season of Divine Rebuilding Podcast. Now, today's episode is the final episode of this season because I want to make a shift in the content to speak more on relationship romantically. In this first season, I've wanted to speak more about you know, our inner child and when we're in relationships, you know, when to walk away and thinking about what to do what when you have walked away as well as what you really want to be in life because all of this aligns with like that self version, evaluating yourself. Because first, I want to just speak to individuals, you know, help people to realize some ways they can increase their own individuality. So I gave you guys these six episodes. <laughs> I've given you guys these six episodes because I really do want 
you guys to be able to reference this information to even if you continuously listen to it, just gain something from it. Ask me a question, maybe even book coaching sessions with me so you can get that one-on-one help so you can ask the questions you want to ask. Now, today's topic was about addressing the trauma you inflicted. And I just really hope that anyone listening to this, like, that you've gained something from it. Because we have to realize our positioning in situations, our positioning in how we, you know, pour into other people or drain other people. We have to realize these things because these are things that you have control of fixing or at least attempting to fix so you can be right in your soul. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I already feel like a better person. And (laughs) the things I've spoken about in this podcast, this episode, and the previous episodes, you know, I'm just really grateful for the listeners. I'm really grateful for you guys sharing this information. I'm grateful for you guys you know, hanging in there with me. And I hope that you guys jump in into season two as well when it comes out and just really, you know, keep striving to be better people because the way you create that quality upgrade in relationships is really within yourself. So come and coach with me with divine rebuilding relationship coaching so I can help you in becoming your best self. I have self mastery coaching programs where I coach with you for 12 weeks, once a week, where you can continue to make incremental steps towards stepping into your greatness. You are already great. You already have it inside of you, but you're playing with yourself and you need to get where you're trying to go. And so I just want to help you to get there. I want to help you to pull it out for yourself. If you're ready to do that type of work, if you're ready to explore more into how you should interacting relationships or how you can create this shift in quality for the relationships that are most important to you, I highly, highly, highly advise that you guys schedule a discovery session with me. If you go to divinerebuilding.net, my website, you will see schedule an appointment at the very top links, okay? You can click on that and schedule your free discovery session today. With scheduling that discovery session, we can have a conversation on the areas where you feel like it's not making sense for you, okay? Our conversations are completely confidential. They are not shared. I won't be talking about them on the podcast. Your information is sacred to me. I'm here to help you and guide you toward your best self and help you to realize some great things about yourself. Coaching is an amazing tool, you guys, and you do not want to sleep on the opportunity to really step into that next stage. It does not make you weak because you got yourself some assistance in helping you become your best. You went to school to learn how to do the things you can do. You may have listened to a song and learned some ways of how you live your life. Like There are so many things that teach us. Be intentional about how you do relationships. Be intentional about how you are in relationships, how you show up, okay? And you can really do that by doing some self-work. So I invite you guys to book your discovery sessions with me 
so we can start doing that self-work. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful April, and I hope to see you guys back into the Divine Rebuilding podcast very soon for season two. Well, that's a wrap for today, and I hope that you have found some value in what I've discussed today, and I hope that you share a review, share the podcast, tell others about this platform for self-help, okay? So thank you again for tuning into Divine Rebuilding Podcast. I'm Shayla, and I hope to see you back here next week, Monday at 6 p.m. to continue breaking through with you all. Have a great week.